Hi, this is Dan. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I trust that it'll encourage you and build your faith. If you'd like to connect with me further, visit my website at revivalnow.com. You can find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at RevivalNowDanSteep and Twitter at RevivalNowDan. You can also download the Revival Now app. Enjoy the podcast and share it with a friend. Thank you for joining me. I'm Dan Steep. This is the Dan Steep Podcast, and I uh, appreciate you joining me on this episode. We're talking about the power of covenant. The power of covenant. Anything that's done in obedience to God is supernatural. I'm going to say that again. Anything that's done in obedience to God is supernatural. <clears throat> He's a supernatural God. And when you obey and follow the the words, the direction of the supernatural God, you can expect supernatural results. It's what I call enacting a supernatural transaction. Praying, giving, witnessing, serving, Praising. There's nothing natural about my praise. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. Why, why are these things supernatural? Because I serve a covenant God. And people don't realize that God is a covenant God. You see, a promise depends on the integrity of the person who made it. <clears throat> if I make a promise, the, the fulfillment or the follow-through on that promise is dependent upon me and my integrity to keep my word. But the Bible is not actually a book of promises. It's a book of covenants. God's word, the the Holy Bible, is a covenant with two parts. Our part and God's part. And our part unlocks God's part. And that's why anything that you do in obedience to God is supernatural because your part unlocks his part. His part is based upon our obedience to his word. I'll give you an example. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 and 2, it says, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Remember, anything done in obedience to God is supernatural. And that's what the Scripture tells us in Deuteronomy 28. All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey. The voice of the Lord your God. So there it is. A covenant is an if-then clause. God's not required to act unless you do what his word says. And when you think about it, even salvation is a covenant. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus 
and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. A covenant is an if-then clause. If you confess with your mouth, then God will save you. So we're saved by grace through faith, which is through action or obedience in to the Word of God. I had nothing to do with the gospel coming to me, but when it came, I heard it, plus faith, plus my confession unto salvation, and I was saved. I heard it, and then added my faith and my confession, and I was saved. It's an if-then. If you confess the Lord Jesus and believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, the Apostle Paul said in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is the power of God. But conditions must be met in kingdom covenants. And by our faith, we meet those conditions through obedience. Obedience is simply put, is meeting God's conditions. This is why the modern-day grace message is so dangerous. It perverts God's covenant system. People will say, well, it's not about what you do, it's about what He did. Well, that's a lie. Obedience is meeting the conditions of God's covenant. That's not works. It's not salvation by works. But we have to meet the conditions of God's covenant. God requires obedience. I'll say it again. God requires obedience. That's why faith is so vital, because obedience comes out of faith. Let me read to you from James chapter 2, verses 17 through 20. I'm reading this from the New Living Translation. The Scripture says, So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It's dead and useless. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I'll show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Now, James is talking to believers. He's not talking to unbelievers about how to be saved, about faith unto salvation. He's talking to people that are already saved. Once you're saved, that faith means nothing unless it produces a fruit of action in you. Let me say it again. Once you're saved, that faith means nothing unless it produces a fruit of action in you. We're talking about the power of covenant. And we're getting close. I'm going to give you some, some examples of, of covenant exchanges. But actions of obedience are proof of faith in your heart. Faith without works is a dead faith. What's a living faith? Active faith. You see, your religious devotion 
is not just spiritual discipline. When your religious actions are done in faith, it's a supernatural transaction. So I want to share with you to, to illustrate this and build your faith in, in the power of covenant. I'm going to share some covenant exchanges with you. Romans 8.28. Romans 8.28 is not for everyone. And here's why. Romans 8.28 says, um, All things work together for good to those who, who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. Now, all things work together for good? Not for everyone. Only for those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. That's Romans 8.28. For those who meet the covenant conditions, though your enemies may rise up against you, you'll not just survive, you'll come through better. That's the promise of Romans 8.28. But it's for those who meet the covenant conditions of God, not just for anyone. See, most people focus on the all things in Romans 8.28. All things work to good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. That's the part people focus on, all things. But the all things are God's part of the covenant. What's our part? Love God and be called according to his purpose. Now, anybody can say that they love God because talk's cheap. But Jesus actually defines what it means to love God in John 14, 21. That's John 14, 21. He says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. But stick on that first part. He who has my commandments and keeps them, or obeys them, it is he who loves me. So all things work to good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And it's not enough to just say you love God. Jesus said, he who keeps or obeys my commandments, Jesus defined what it means to love God. So all things work together for good for those who love me. Who loves me? Those who obey me. Now, not everyone's in position for Romans 8.28 to work for them. You see, obeying the word is not a natural action. It's a faith action. It's a faith action that provokes supernatural transaction. And all holiness is, is obedience to the word of God. There's, there's been books and volumes written about holiness, what it is, how to attain it. Holiness in its simplest form is obeying the word, obedience to the word of God. Now look at John 14, 21, that second part. Well, I'll, I'll start from the beginning. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And here it is now. 
And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. This is proof that God loves everyone, but not all the same. God loves everyone. But he doesn't love everyone the same. There's a, a level of love from the Father specifically relegated for those who keep his commandments. God's love is not equally distributed. You can, com you can provoke it. Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11.6. By faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to him must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You can provoke it. I'm turning here to Hebrews 11.6 just to, to read it to you. Hebrews 11.6 Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It takes faith to please God. It takes faith to obey God. And obeying God pleases Him and causes Him to love you more. That is a covenant exchange. That's a supernatural transaction. Let me give you another one. As we stay in John 14, 21b, the second part. What qualifies you for the manifestations of Jesus Christ? Obedience brings the manifestation of the power of God into your life. Jesus said in John 14, 21, He who has my commandments keeps them. Oh, he who has my commandments and keeps them. It is he who loves me. And here it is now. He who loves me, beloved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. What qualifies you for the manifestations of Jesus Christ? Obedience brings the manifestation of God's power into your life. And so conversely, disobedience cuts it off. Look with me in Galatians chapter 5. Verses 16 through 18. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So, obedience to the Word produces walking in the Spirit, or not gratifying the flesh. None of the fruit of the Spirit are natural. The fruit of the Spirit are supernatural. Anybody can reciprocate good for good in the flesh, but it takes the Spirit in you to be able to evidence 
the fruit of the Spirit. The, the fruit of the Spirit are choices. Choices not based upon circumstances. As you continue in Galatians 5, we, we get to the fruit of the Spirit. We pick up in verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Each one of these, fruit of the Spirit, are choices. The fruit of the Spirit are supernatural. And it takes the Spirit in you to evidence that supernatural fruit. What is a choice? Obedience. When I'm faced with a situation where I need to exhibit love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and all of these things, gentleness, self-control, when I'm faced with a situation like that, I have to choose to obey God's word, to obey his command. Peace in chaos requires the Holy Ghost. And when I in obedience, by faith, choose the fruit of the Spirit. That is a supernatural transaction. That's a covenant exchange. When I obey His Word, and He blesses me with the power of the Holy Ghost. Let me give you another covenant exchange. Second Chronicles 16.9 says, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Okay, this is a scripture quoted many times. Supernatural transactions unlock God's mighty interaction for you. So here's a question. How would God ever know whose heart is loyal to him? Because that's what the scripture says. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. How would God ever know whose heart is loyal to him? Here's the answer. By one's loyalty to his word. Anything that we can know about God can only be found in his word. So loyalty to God is loyalty to his word. And loyalty to his word is obedience. And obedience unlocks that supernatural transaction. It unlocks God's part in covenant. When God finds loyalty or faithfulness in you, guess what? Based upon his word, he's coming hard on your behalf. He looks, his eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth, to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. God looks, we, we know from Scripture, God took out entire armies with one angel 
So when God finds those who are loyal and faithful to him, he's coming on your behalf. That is a covenant exchange. Proverbs 16, verse 7 says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. When your ways please the Lord, God will make your enemies be at peace with you. Paul said in Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? That's, that's the New Testament equivalent to Proverbs 16.7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. If God is for us, who can be against us? So get ready. It's the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous to see. My part is to please him, love him, obey him. Thank you, Jesus, for peace. My diligence and seeking enacts God's part of the covenant. And every time that happens, it is a supernatural transaction. And it's available to everyone. Everyone who follows Jesus Christ as their Savior and then in turn gives themselves to God's Word and fulfills their part of the covenant transaction. Remember, I'm going back to the very first thing that I said. Anything done in obedience to God is supernatural. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, here's something that you can do in obedience to God's Word. You can put your faith in Him. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Have you made that confession? Have you made that very first supernatural transaction? I pray that you have. But if you haven't, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. I, I always give that opportunity in, in, in every episode that I record. If you're not putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the salvation of your soul, do it now. It's a supernatural transaction. You can do that just by, by repeating a simple prayer of salvation after me. I'm going to offer that prayer right now, and I want you to repeat these words out loud after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I admit that I've sinned. I believe Jesus died for my sins, and he rose from the grave to give me victory over sin and death. I confess my sinfulness. I repent. Please forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and make me a new person. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer together with me, welcome to the family of God. You're my newest brother or sister in Christ. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And when you prayed that prayer together with me, you called upon the name of the Lord. So by the authority of God's word, I tell you today that you're saved. You're born again. And you're on your way to heaven because you have Jesus in your heart. And if you prayed that prayer with me, please go to our website at revivalnow.com. Revivalnow.com. 
you'll find a big red button on the front page of the website that says, I just got saved. I want you to click that button, and it'll give you the opportunity to fill out your um, contact information. I just spaced it for a moment. And if you'll fill out your contact information, we're going to pray for you by name, and we're going to send some resources to you to help you get started in your Christian life. So go to RevivalNow.com, click I Just Got Saved, and follow the prompts from there. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. It's always a blessing to get in God's Word and to share it with you. If this episode's been a blessing to you, please share it with your friends and help me get the message of the gospel out to as many people as we possibly can. And until next time, be blessed. In Jesus' name.